The reading this morning is taken from Acts 3, 1 to 10, and can be found on pages 1094 and 1095 in our Pew Bibles. So whether you're left-handed or right-handed, you should be able to find the page easily. Peter heals the crippled beggar. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man, crippled from birth, was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. But Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. These are words from our Lord. Thank you, Father God. Good morning, everyone. I'm Neil, the associate vicar here, and uh, this week I had a sermon to write, this sermon, and I wasn't sure how to start it. Sometimes I know exactly how I'm going to start my talk, and it's there right from Monday when I sit down and get serious about writing it. This, uh, this sermon was going to start quite abruptly until this happened, if we could have the first slide. Last night, during a, a, a match at the Euros, uh, one of the players collapsed and needed CPR on the pitch. And can you see the headlines in the papers this morning? Football praying for Ericsson, miracle on the pitch. This morning we're thinking about power to heal and praying for healing. And last night, the players stood around Ericsson were praying for healing. The commentators back in the studio said that they were praying for healing. So we might think that stuff we do at church doesn't really overlap with what happens in the world, but you know, I think people out there are still looking for the power to heal and wondering where it comes from. Thank you. Everyone knew that Jesus healed people. It was probably the main reason that he attracted the crowds who followed him. Those 5,000 who turned up for that miraculous picnic on the hillside, they were there because they were hoping to see healings. In a world at that time with very little medical support, lacking doctors who understood diseases, with next to no medication that worked, being healed was a big thing. We take for granted intensive care units and vaccine rollouts, but it hasn't always been that way. Back then, the average life expectancy was 35 to 40 years. So there were very few people around who were in their 50s and even fewer in their 60s. Many children died in the first few years of their life. 
Severe illness, often meant incapacity, that led to poverty and people being a burden on their family unit. So when healing broke through in and around the ministry of Jesus, it was big news. This is what they'd been waiting for. This is what they were looking for. This was what they were hoping for, that healing somehow would come into the world, that there'd be a crack in the structure of our universe and our existence that would allow some of heaven to invade earth. And this is what happens when Jesus speaks the words in the synagogue in Nazareth. Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. People were waiting for something to happen, and now, as Jesus arrives, there's this sudden breakthrough, and the healings are too numerous to mention, it says in, God, in John's Gospel. This is what happens in and around Jesus. And this is what happens here in this passage, as Jesus' Holy Spirit nudges Peter and John to heal the man who's been begging at the beautiful gate. No one's quite sure exactly where this beautiful gate was in the temple complex, but it makes most sense if it was at the entrance to some stairs leading up to the temple mount. And there at those stairs, people would have gathered and gone into the temple complex, and there would have been the man who was crippled, uh, lying and begging, uh, against, set against the beauty and the magnificence of this gate and this entrance to this holy space. It's as if, in going in search of heaven, the people are reminded of the realities of our broken world. And our faith is not about escaping from the realities of our world. Our, our faith is not about wishful thinking. It's about getting in there and getting involved and making sure that God's heaven can still invade earth because we allow him the space for his presence and his power to be here amongst us. According to the Mishnah Kelim 1.8, the interpretation of the law that the Jewish people followed at that time, nobody with any illness was allowed onto the Temple Mount. They wanted to keep the Temple holy and pure, and they saw illness as a sign of sin. So anyone with any illness had to stay outside of the Temple Mount. So this is as far as the man with the crippled legs would have been able to go. He would only have been allowed as far as this beautiful gate. The brokenness excludes him. It makes him an outcast. It means he's not able to be made right with God. At that time, they relied on the sacrifices made at the temple in order to be put right with God. And this man wasn't allowed up there. This was as close as he could get. Until one day, Peter and John are going up to worship on the mount. And... What we have here is an eyewitness account. There's lots of little details that point to that being the case. It tells us the time that this happened. It was three o'clock in the afternoon. It tells us that Peter picked him up by his right hand. Luke would have heard this story. This was a story that actually happened. Peter and John are going up to worship, and they see the man, and they look at him. They're nudged by the Holy Spirit to consider this man and his predicament. 
They look at him, and he looks at them, and he's expecting to get something, and he does. Peter says quite simply, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk, and he helps him up. And the man's feet and his ankles are strong enough for him to start leaping and dancing. They're strong enough for him to climb those steps up onto the Temple Mount, where his new healing cause, causes quite a stir. The people are filled with wonder and amazement. And Peter has an opportunity to tell them all about Jesus. This healing ministry that begins with Jesus is passed on to his followers. It doesn't end with Jesus' death or his departure for heaven because Jesus is alive and his spirit is still at work defeating the forces of evil. Jesus came to reverse the brokenness and mend the hurt. He came to destroy the works of the evil one. And all diseases and all illness and suffering are not part of God's plan. They're what's broken into his good creation. Jesus comes to reverse that damage. Healings go on happening around this church that Jesus has formed. They go on in the life of St. Paul. There are, there we learn later in Acts that St. Paul sends out handkerchiefs that he's touched so that people can touch them and be healed. Healing comes from St. Paul. And then later, the Celtic saints in the 6th century, there are lots of stories of them healing people. St. Francis of Assisi in the 12th century, people were healed around him. And then in the revivals that relied on the Holy Spirit, the Methodist revival, John Wesley and his friends prayed for a man who was dead and he was raised to life again. The modern Pentecostal revival in California in Azusa Street, they were praying in the power of the Holy Spirit and they, see, they saw amputated limbs regrow. We believe that this power to heal is still available today. It's never stopped or ceased. It happens because Jesus still has authority here on earth. And I can be confident in saying that to you because I know in my life that God has healed me three times. The first time was when I was at college and it was soon after I left my job being a vet and when I was a vet, I got I developed a really bad back. My lower back was in a bit of a mess because I was lifting um, heavy dogs onto uh, the operating table or the examination table. And then when you're operating, you get so focused on what you're doing that you end up bent over in awkward positions. And then you straighten up and you think, oh, that wasn't good. So I had this really bad back after being a vet. And I went off to college and it went again. So one Sunday evening, uh, there was a evening service at the local parish church where they did prayer ministry and prayer for healing. So I was sure I was going to go to this service to try and get some prayer for my back. And I went early because there wasn't any point staying at home. I couldn't sit down or rest or uh, relax. So I got to the service early and I sat in one of the chairs and I thought, right, I'm going to pray before the service starts. And I knew that I couldn't get down on my knees to pray because if I did, I wouldn't have been able to get back up again. And it would have been a li little bit awkward if people had found me on my hands and knees uh, in amongst the chairs as people turned up for the service. It was that bad. I, I didn't dare kneel down. So all I could do was lean forward. So I leant forward and I prayed. And I prayed for about five minutes. 
And when I straightened up, the pain in my back had gone completely. And I stood up and I stretched and I turned and twisted and it was just gone. And if you've had a bad back, if you've had back pain, you know how it just makes you feel like everything is out of joint and you, you have no strength at all anywhere. And suddenly it was gone. Now you could say that was a coincidence. I got into a, a, a just the perfect position and the disc went back into place. But why did it happen there at that time, in that place, in that way? I say it's because God heals today just as much as he ever did in the time of Jesus, in the time of Acts. And so if we believe that God heals today, then we're faced with the next big question as to why doesn't it happen more often? Why, doesn't, why don't we see more healings? And probably we've all prayed for people who we want to see healed. We've prayed for loved ones who we've lost too early, or we've prayed for children who've got sick and they haven't been healed. We all know that we pray and we don't get healed. But that shouldn't stop us going on praying. For me, it's like there's this thin crack in this uh, structure of our universe. And every now and again, God's healing power can get through and make a difference. And our prayers are part of opening and widening that gap so that those prayers can get, so that those prayers allow that power to get through and make a difference. It's partly the way the world is made. God can't completely renew his creation until Jesus comes again. If we always got better when we, whenever we prayed, we'd live forever because we'd never get sick, would we? And we can't be immortal until we get out of this life and into the next. So we're never going to see complete healing for absolutely everyone until the new age begins. But that shouldn't stop us praying. And yet so often it does. We're afraid of the failure. We're afraid of offering someone some hope that we might pray for them and they might get better. And we're afraid that that's going to fail and our fear of failure stops us praying at all. There was a, 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 a church leader who spoke at New Wine and he came from America and he said in his city in America, he, he'd heard that there was a church on the other side of the city where they were seeing healings. And he knew that the leaders of this church led lives that weren't perfect. And he knew that some of their teaching was a bit wobbly. And so he got down and he prayed to God. He said, look God, why is this church seeing healings when you know that they're not absolutely right with you? And he heard from God and God said, because they're praying for them, which is a lot more than you are. He said, God said, my grace is big enough to cope with the small stuff, your job is to pray. And he started praying in his church, and they saw healings in his church as well. So often we're so afraid of praying that we give up on praying, and if we never pray for healing, we're never going to see it happen, are we? We may not see it happen every time, but if we never pray, we're never going to see it happen. And so we go on praying that that crack will be widened, that God's power will break through that people will be healed. And this isn't to say that we give up on medical miracles. It's not to say that we never trust modern medicine to solve the solutions that it can, that it can solve. But we do have to keep on praying because there are gaps that medicine can't fix and there are times when only prayer will work. 
And I want to say that God hates all illness and suffering. But there are times when despite our very best prayers, it will continue. We were made mortal. And we have to live with that until we get to heaven. But the very best healing that we ever have is when we're taken from this life and brought into that eternal presence of God. And for us, death is not the end. It's not a full stop. It's a comma in the sentence. And the sentence goes on into God's presence and into his peace, his perfect peace. Even when Jesus walked the earth, he didn't bring healing to everybody that he met. It's very likely that as Jesus went up to teach in these same temple courts, he would have seen this same man at that gate beautiful. And yet he was never healed at that point in time. Jesus could have healed him, but he didn't. This man was still there waiting, and Peter and John have the privilege of bringing healing to his life. We don't know and we can't tell exactly how God works. We have not the same mind as God. He's so much bigger and higher than anything that we can ever uh, hope or imagine. We can't work it all out this side of heaven. But there is a spiritual battle going on and we need to be in that battle. That battle goes on not just through prayers for healing, it goes on through all the social action that we do, through Friday fridge and Sunday suppers. It goes on through Christians Against Poverty tackling debt. It goes on through food banks giving people dignity when they haven't got enough food. There's lots of ways that we fight this battle against the evils of this world. And prayer for healing is just one of those. It's one of those that we want to be involved in because we're part of this mission to see God break through into this world. And there's a spiritual element to this healing that's almost as important, this healing in Acts, as the physical healing that happens because the man now can go up onto the temple mount. He goes up and he's leaping and he's dancing and all the people see him and they recognize him. They've walked past him for years and years and now he's here on the temple mount and he is healed. He is made right with God once more. They can never shut him out. His true identity as a child of God is confirmed and can never be questioned. And when we pray for healing, there's a spiritual dimension when we pray as well, because people understand that they are children of God, that this loving Heavenly Father cares for them. I've never had anyone that I've prayed for for healing who's resented it at the end. Everybody has received something through that healing, even if they're not healed physically, because spiritually, God's peace breaks through. We're, as we're moving out of this pandemic, going to start praying for healing and prayer ministry after our 10.30 service again. And as we do that, we're going to need some more people to join the team. And for me, the prayer ministry team is the first rotor that I want to be on. That's the place that I want to be because it's just so exciting to see God break through into people's lives, to offer people a peace that they can get nowhere else. There is nothing like God's peace. Jesus gives us a peace that passes all understanding. We think we might start it up in the chancel when we begin again. And uh, the people who do prayer ministry are trained and uh, they're um, looked after so that, they, so that you can have confidence that when you go, everything is done in confidence and everything is done properly. We may need some more people to join that team. So let me know if you want to join it. 
Why wouldn't you want to pray for people to get healed? Why wouldn't you want to be prayed for, for healing? We never know when God is going to break through. In my time as a, a, a minister, I've been to Rwanda nine times to visit the Anglican church there. We used to have a link with Rwanda and we made some good friends and we used to go over there a lot. The church in Rwanda, um, the people there, they don't have access to medical facilities in the same way we do. There's, they have good hospitals, but it's much harder for them to get uh, the treatment that they need. And so they pray for healing and they have faith for prayer for healing in a way that surpasses ours easily. And during their Sunday service, their service like this, quite often they will say, anybody who's had a prayer answered in the last week for healing or for anything else, we want you to stand now in order to give thanks to God. And the people stand and often there's a round of applause and there are prayers to confirm whatever's happened in their lives. And that raises the faith in the congregation. And the next thing they say is, right, we pray for those who have been healed and have had prayers answered. Now, anybody who needs a prayer answered or who needs to be healed, we want you to stand and we're going to pray for you. And they pray for everybody who needs to be healed in that service. And each week, God is at work. Each week, they see prayers answered. Each week, they see their faith growing. That church is growing. It's just a brilliant place to go. And isn't that the type of church that you'd want to be a part of? A church where God is showing up, where his power and presence is here and with us. We want to be a church where God's power and presence is experienced. You know, when they dedicated the first temple, there was a cloud of God's spirit that descended on the temple. So much so, the holiness was so great that the priests had to go outside and they bowed down and worshipped outside the temple. God still sends his Holy Spirit, that cloud of his presence, to places where his people meet. And we're going to pray for that power and presence to come here today. We mustn't be put off by our fears and our failures. We all need to grow in our faith and have faith that Jesus heals today because we have a saviour, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and he wants to set people free. So the obvious thing to do now is to pray for some healing. So we had some prayer before this service, and uh, um, because I have faith, because I know my back's been healed uh, a couple of times, I have faith for people to get healed from bad backs. So if anybody here has a bad back, and often that's one of the things we suffer from, you're very welcome now to stand up and we're going to pray for healing for you. And if anybody we prayed at the beginning of the service has a pain in their left wrist, uh, if anybody's got a bad left wrist or uh, that bit of their arm, if you'd like to stand for prayer for healing. So this is your opportunity. And if there's anything else that you want prayer for healing for, if you've come today and you're not well in any way, please stand. Please stand now. Yep, we've got some people standing. Anybody else want to stand? It's just a little step of faith that says, I'm here, God, and I want to be healed. Okay, we've got some people standing. We've got some people ready. And anybody else who wants to join in, if you feel your faith growing for something to be healed, then just stand. And now we're just going to pray. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come now in your power and bring your healing power to restore and renew 
all that is wrong. Lord, untie the knots that have been tied. Loosen the ligaments and the joints that have become fused. Lord, open us up to your healing power and let that healing power fill this place. Come, Holy Spirit, now. Come now and set us free. In the name of Jesus, who has authority, in the name of Jesus, whose power is still at work in this world, we pray, Lord, that you would open that crack in the structure and the fabric of our universe and that your healing power would flood through and fill this place right now. And Lord, we thank you that you are here with us. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is here, is here and now. And Lord, we pray for more, more of your Spirit. More of your spirit, Lord. Come now in your power. Come now and fill this place. Lord, we know that you're a God who loves us and longs for us to be healed. We know that you are the one who brings healing into our lives in so many ways.